You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome again, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on Real Presence Live this morning. We are broadcasting from Steffes in North Dickinson in uh, the Diocese of Bismarck. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with my co-host, Doug Jillick. And uh, we're uh, in the second segment of our show this morning. We got, uh, we're honored with uh, our next guest, uh, Jerome Richter, is the Executive Vice President of the University of Mary. And uh, good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Mike, and it's an honor for me to be with you and Mr. Jillick. Uh, holy cow, Doug Jillick. Uh, I get to be on the phone with Doug Jillick, who is coming from Steffes Industries. This is, this, is, this is a great day for me. Well, indeed, uh, uh, and thank you. Uh, that's the first time Doug has smiled this morning, so thank you for lightening <laughs> him up a little bit, <laughs> Jerome. And uh, I'm, I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike. Mike, I know Doug. Doug can be a little bit of a grouchy pants, but uh, his claim to fame, his claim to fame, which is my greater claim to fame, is he and I were the readers at uh, Father Josh Eli's first mass. And uh, between no. he and I, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. Oh my goodness! Uh, you two are friends for life now, for sure. And uh, uh, you, you no, know, Jerome. Uh, you are no stranger to Real Presence Live as a guest, and you've been on many times, and we just are so thrilled that you are able to join us this morning. And geez, let's get right into this. Um, we're talking about Vision 2030 uh, Capital Campaign, and uh, uh, gee, could you kind of a- unpack that for us? This is uh, very intriguing. Wonderful, Mike, and thank you guys for having me on. It's an honor to be able to talk about uh all that's happening here at the University of Mary. But let's go back in time uh, Mm -hmm. to to help the listener to understand this. Back in 2013 already, Monsignor Shea, our president, said to the Board of Trustees, I think we need to really take a a deep, wide look at where the University of Mary needs to be in the next 15, 20 years so that we were able to serve uh, Western North Dakota, but the whole region as well. And so we started Vision 2030, the, uh, the strategic planning process. Out of that strategic planning process, a number of uh, wonderful ideas came forth, one being a capital campaign to the tune of $272 million. And within that uh, strategic planning, the idea of a school of engineering, which has never been, uh, if you will, the wheelhouse of the University of Mary. We're, we're in healthcare, we're in education. But the people that were part of that strategic planning said, we need a school of engineering in western North Dakota to prepare these young people that, uh, that, that they're able to talk the language, that they're culturally prepared for the workplace, because the world's shifting and moving so much. And so, after a lot of uh, sweat, blood, and tears in making the plans together, uh, we launched Vision 2030 on tw- uh, in October of 2015, the first phase being $96 million, which in January of 2019, we closed, having raised over $101 million, which gave us the Lumidite Center, a field house, the starting of the School of uh, Engineering, uh, Roars Hall, a new uh, residence hall for uh, our freshman uh, women, and so many other renovations, so many other programs, uh, Greatness Through Virtue, which is our athletic strategic plan, 
all those things got launched. And now, here just a, a couple of weeks ago, we were able to announce a very significant gift from uh, the Harold Hamm Foundation mm-hmm. and Continental Resources of $12 million, which named our School of Engineering, which we're super delighted in, and then launched us into Phase 2 of Vision 2030, which is an $87 million campaign, right, that just builds on Phase 1. And here we have Phase 2, having raised already $37 million of the $87 million, You know, we only have $50 million to go, and uh, it's going to focus on four things. Um, the St. Gianna School of Health Science, uh, continuing with our Ham School of Engineering, and then the two new ones, if you will, uh, to the campaign are a welcome center, which on our south side of campus we want to have at a one-stop shop. You come in, you show up, and everything's there from admissions to student services. Everything is right there for us that true Benedict and hospitality can happen. And then the biggest one is our master landscaping plan, which also incorporates all of our athletic facilities. We want to bring all of our outdoor uh, athletic contests back to campus, build a practice field, and continue to uh, flourish in the NCAA Division II uh, league. And so that's a short recap of it all, but we're super excited and we're super blessed uh, Mike, I mean, the Lord has been so good to us through so many generous people. Heck, uh, one of the people that needs a shout-out is where you guys are sitting. Stephas Industries, Paul and Lori, have been, have been super generous to the University of Mary through the School of Engineering. And they were some of the first to get on board to make this happen because they know the need that is out there. So yes. that's where we're sitting. Jerome, I do understand that anytime you come across something like this and you're going to start such a big vision like this capital campaign, it's built on certain things and you try to inspire people and motivate people by certain uh, terms, words, things like that. And, and reading over this, I noticed like Vision 2030 is built on these values, distinction, service, and relationships. Could you take us through each one of those? and how it got to each one of those. Great question. You're absolutely right. You, you need to be able to set the vision. It needs to be able to be understandable and so that people can grab onto it and move with it. And so uh, going back to our very founding, going back to our sisters, the Benedictine Sisters of the Annunciation Monastery, they came out here in 1878, right? They came from Minnesota in a missionary way to, to teach the young uh, German workers and their children, etc., to give culture and education to this region. And so we're constantly motivated in a pioneering way of what is, what is needed and how can we serve, right? And so Sister Thomas, God bless her soul, who's looking down from us from heaven, she very much championed the idea of servant leadership. And so service has always been a very core distinction of who we are. And then looking at our past, we know that uh, nothing can happen without relationships. I've, I've been uh, quoting my own mother uh, very often here of late, and I remember she taught me, sooner or later it's all about relationships, right? Uh, it's a relationship with God, with your family, those around you, with the church, etc. Well, the same thing goes for education, it goes for business. You need to take care of the relationships, and we need the partners in this to listen to them and then to act out of their advice and to forward that. And then the one that's probably the most unique and new to us is distinction. 
Um, the world is getting more obnoxious and more loud every day. And one of the things that we have to do, and we're proud to do it, is to be who we say that we are. And what is that? We are Christian, we're Catholic, we're Benedictine. We provide an education for the whole of life. And then within each of the schools and each of the programs, it needs to be distinct in how it offers that education and what we do. So I think of, I think of uh, the St. Gianna School of Health Science. Well, that's a distinction. We, we, don't, we didn't just put anybody's name on our School of Health Science. We put the patron saint of doctors and the first female doctor of her class in uh, Italy, Dr. Gianna Bredamola, who's now a saint. That, we're saying who we are. We want to be distinct that, yes, you can be a true medical professional. You can be at the cutting edge of science, but you also can be a very faithful Catholic uh, to all that's needed. The other thing that I would say is uh, with athletics. Right? So everybody has athletics at college level, right? They're doing all kinds of things. But is it focused and is it distinct that we believe that you can have the objective of winning, but also the purpose of forming people in virtue? It's making them the best version that they can be. And so that is where the whole idea of distinction really needs to come out and needs to be uh, the thing that sets us apart from the rest. Well, thank you for that, Jerome. If you're just joining us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are broadcasting live from Steffes in North Dickinson uh, in the Diocese of Bismarck. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with Doug Jellick. We're the co-host for the hour, uh, for the next uh, hour and 15 minutes now. And we're visiting with Jerome Richter, the Executive Vice President of the University of Mary. He's giving us some, uh, he's unpacking the Vision uh, 2030 uh, for the University of Mary, and what exciting things uh, that you've just explained, Jerome. It's just phenomenal. I remember uh, I date back in this uh, fundraising business back into the 80s, I believe it was, uh, when Ernie Bohr, my good friend, God bless his soul, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, my good friend Arnie, Ernie Bohr was the uh, development uh, staff at the University of Mary, and I remember uh, back then they were talking, uh, University of Mary was talking about uh, starting a, a football team. So, you know, fast forward to where you are today, it's just phenomenal what is going on at the University of Mary. And praise be to God. Thank you, Jerome Richter. Thank you, Monsignor Shea and uh, 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 Sister, Sister T for all the leadership that you extended to the vision of the University of Mary. So getting back to the vision, uh, you know, I'm just uh, doing the math here as you told the story. You, uh, Monsignor, I believe, came in uh, 2000, Monsignor Shea, the, the now president of the University of Mary, came in 2013. And uh, it was, uh, you know, it took a couple of years, maybe 18 months of planning, and that uh, you developed this, this plan. And so, uh, you, you know, I'm just... Uh, Doing the math and the the amount of money uh, that you've raised is just phenomenal. But I, I'm interested in uh, the process of developing that plan. That is uh, always a challenge for nonprofit profits. Can you kind of unpack unpack the uh, uh, the uh, process of developing this plan? Yeah, um, it, it it isn't uh, a pretty thing. Uh, whenever mm -hmm. you're planning something this big for something this important, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be a little bit kind of uh, 
difficult to pull all the things together. Uh, Greg Vetter, who uh, I sit in his chair now, he was our former executive vice president for about five years. He used to have a saying. He'd always call it, you know, it's like making sausage. Uh, you can get it done, you can make it happen, but it's sometimes not very pretty, and you might not want to look at what you're about ready to eat later. <laughs> well, th- this is this is strategic planning. But the biggest right. thing is you got to start. You have to have the willingness uh, to be open to what people have to say, and then you have to engage them. And so this was the great gift of Monsignor, right? He has a great gift to both see down the road and also to inspire and to bring the right people to the table. And so mm-hmm. when we launched... Uh, the strategic plan in 2013, I believe we incorporated over 275 different people from uh, the highest levels of U.S. Senator down to our own students, people from all different uh, walks of life across the nation, from clergy to business people to healthcare professionals, etc. And we put them on nine different committees. And from those nine different committees, we came up with a number of different ideas, and then we had to really distill that down until finally we got to where we are, a Vision 2030, which is the strategic plan, which we're still using. It's not just a historical document. It's a guideline. Um, uh, it was probably about 2014, 15, and I came home one day, and uh, my wife Sarah said, you know, hey, are you busy this week? And I said, honey, you don't get to ask that until about uh, 2030, if I'm going to be busy this week or not. You, can, you, you just need to tell me where I need to be and when I need to be there. But life is going to be busy. We, 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 we don't have any lack of things to do. That's for sure. All right, uh, folks, uh, don't go away. We have to take a break right now. We will be right back with more uh, from uh, the University of Mary and uh, Jerome Richter. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. 
In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we, we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Real Presence Live. We're here in at Steffes in North Dickinson. We're on the third floor in the Rough Rider Room. Uh, what a beautiful complex this is, Doug. We're just uh, we're just uh, tickled to be here. We want to thank the Steffes staff for allowing us to uh, set up our studios here in the conference room. And uh, we will be hearing from uh, the president of Steffes, the co-president, uh, Todd Mayer, in the next uh, segment. But we're visiting with Jerome Richter right now. And uh, he is the executive vice president of the University of Mary. He's unpacking for us the Vision 2030 that was established uh, with phenomenal, phenomenal strategic plan that the University of Mary came up with, uh, you know, in 2015, and now they're pursuing that, and uh, they're going into phase two. So, Jerome, can you unpack a little bit more about phase two and the four pillars that you refer to? Yes, absolutely. Thank you again uh, uh, for you guys uh, letting me speak about these things. It's it's just uh, I live and swim in this all the time, and so to know that others are excited about it uh, is very heartwarming. And so, as you mentioned, so we have four pillars to phase two. Um, two of them were begun in phase one, and that's the School of Engineering and also our fundraising for the St. Gianna School of Health Science. Now, both of them still have work to be done on, but they're not as urgent. Now, we just talked about the great $12 million gift from uh, the Harold Hamm Foundation and Continental Resources. And so engineering, we still need support. We still need scholarships. It's a, it's a heavy lift to start a school, especially that has a high overhead, such as engineering, you know, all the equipment, et cetera. And so we're going to be constantly trying to fundraise for engineering to get it more and more and more efficient. But for the most part, let's put that on the back burner. St. Jonas School of Health Science, we've been able to accomplish something that uh, has been a dream for the last 10 years, which is to bring all of our health science students back to campus. And so when we uh, did the School of Engineering, we took over the old dining hall, in the old bookstore, because we had added on the field house, we had added on uh, the residence hall, and then the, the crow's nest in the Lumen Vitae Center. And so with that extra space that was left over around it, we were able to bring back our PT program, so our doctorate in PT. So we have five doctorates here at the University of Mary, uh, uh, most of them in the health sciences of nurse practice, OT, and PT. And so now we're bringing back 150 doctorate students, and we'll be able to have them influence the rest of campus, and so that was a big movement of the School of Health Science. But at the same time, going back to our distinction and relationships that we were talking about before, the St. Gianna School of Health Science is going to be a leader in faithful education for those in the professional health sciences. So we will have a conference on bioethics each year. We have our master's in bioethics. We want to make sure that we're forming them to recognize the life and the dignity of the human person through and through and through and through. Uh, a few years ago, we took the whole entire faculty of the School of Health Science on a pilgrimage to Dachau, 
and then to Lourdes. Now, we all know that in Dachau, a lot of evil things happen during uh, the reign of Hitler and the Nazis. That's where medical experiments went awry. That's when we forgot about the human person. And so we show them what happens when health science forgets about God and forgets about the distinction and the dignity of the human person. Then we took them down to Lourdes, where the emphasis is the life and the dignity of the human person, and then the health sciences help to support that. And it was just this huge uh, uh, distinction between how the world saw these things and our health science professors were, were renewed in their commitment to health sciences done the right way. And so we're constantly building on that. The two new things, though, is a welcome center and then our master landscaping and athletics. The welcome center, everyone, and I, and I say this uh, very humbly, is to make sure that we're receiving people well, right? What is the Benedictine, uh, one of the models, especially here at our Catholic Health Center at St. A's, to, rece- to let uh, us be received as Christ, to receive others as Christ, to make sure that Benedictine hospitality is coming through. Well, right now, our student services, our admissions, and in a number of these places are in the lower level of the old monastery. And that's a difficulty. Uh, in today's world, you want to be front and center to receive somebody, and people shouldn't have to walk around and rely on uh, good sold people to point them in the right direction. So we want to shift it out to the east-facing side of our Benedictine uh, center and make sure that people can walk right into it, that they feel the reception that we want to give right from the start. And so we need to renovate some spaces there. We need to add on uh, kind of, if you will, a new vestibule that's able to receive them. And then we want to do some uh, changes up to the road and a wayfinding just to make it a little bit easier. And so that's, that's the, the heart of the Welcome Center. And then when it comes to the athletic and master landscaping, that one is going to be a revolution to the, the whole of the campus. We're going to make, uh, change up how the roads work. We need to redo a lot of our parking. And then we want to have a very uh, beautiful and appropriately sized athletic facility that can host uh, NCAA Division II uh, games here on campus. So our soccer teams, our football team, our baseball, our softball, and they're all competing at the highest levels. And there's nothing better for our students than to have that experience here where we have 1,350 people living on campus can roll out of bed and go and take in a wonderful sporting event. And so that is the majority of Phase 2 right there. Jerome, uh, those are wonderful things to hear, especially when you shared with us in the Phase 2 how you took the medical um, students to those places. Because I just believe, whether it is elementary or high school, Catholic schools or Catholic universities such as you, Mary, that when they're out in the world, they know they're not alone when they know the truth. Yeah. And so that is just very valuable what you're doing. When we talk about going back to the vision 2030 and built on values, you, you did so uh, a great job talking about distinction. And we've, we've heard when you added the pillars or of the third and fourth ones, some service and relationships. Can you go a little bit deeper into those two? Yeah, uh, I appreciate that, Doug. Um, anything that we do from the very first day that we welcome a student on the campus or we welcome a guest onto the campus, Benedict and Hospitality is the beginning of, of an appropriate relationship, right? We want to we make sure that from the very beginning, we are showing to them 
the Christian heart of what it means to live appropriately. And that, that can never be uh, disconnected then from service, right? And so everybody here on campus over and over and over and over is told this, and I love it, and it comes from uh, a president who is a dairy farm boy from uh, mm-hmm. Emmons County, North Dakota. We are all broom pushers. We are all broom pushers, and nothing is beneath us. And if I need to, I will grab the toilet bowl uh, cleaner, and I will wash the toilets because it needs to get done. And so it's this mentality that comes to us from the, the Lord himself that I did not come to be served, but to serve. And Sister Thomas, in her grace and in her beauty, always lived this. Uh, you'd be walking across campus with Sister Thomas, right? 31 years of president, one of the most uh, beautiful, eloquent speakers uh, I've ever experienced. And we'll be walking across campus, and I'll be talking to her, and all of a sudden she'll pause and she'll take two steps off the thing and pick up uh, candy wrappers. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you do. It's, it's our home. And people notice this, and that's also what you do for people, is you take care of them in the small details. We, we, we always sweat the details because the details matter. And in an education, clear distinctions matter. And so a relationship's built on trust, and they need to first know our students that we are out to take care of them. And then from that relationship, in the service that we show, they all of a sudden can start to say, wow, this is what this is about. This is a beautiful thing to give your life away in love rather than to constantly be thinking of yourself, be thinking of others. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, we are at the end of our segment. Uh, we want to thank Jerome Richter, the, exec- uh, the executive vice president of the University of Mary. Good job, uh, Jerome. Uh, folks, we are up to date of what's happening, the exciting news at the University of Mary. And Jerome, uh, p- please give our regards to Monsignor Shea and keep up the good work, my friend. Hey, gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you for your cheering for us and uh, uh, praying for us. And to all the listeners out there, uh, please know that uh, you're always welcome here. And we will constantly be trying to uh, form the servant leaders that this area and this region need. God very bless good. you all. Thank you very much, uh, Jerome. We'll be right back after this. We'll be visiting with a couple that shares their faith in their workplace. Don't go away. We'll be right back. <laughs> 